December the 8th, 2023, 1 Samuel chapter 8, Conformed. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. You indeed are an awesome God. Grace and peace, my brothers and sisters. My name is RJ and I welcome you to another episode of God is Faithful and Just with all things being relational. And family, it's a fabulous Friday morning, TGIF. Thank God intentionally forever. Father God, we just thank you. We bless you, we praise you, we exalt you. Magnify you as God all by yourself. You are worthy to be praised. You are an awesome God and we thank you. I thank you personally and particularly, Lord God, for just waking me up each and every morning, this morning in particular, preparing my mind and my heart to receive from you this day my daily bread. Father, Father God, I look forward to hearing from you today, each and every day, basking in your presence, laying, loving beside you, lo loving you, living, doing life with you, knowing that indeed you are watching over me to see that your word is performed, and to see that what you have created even before the foundation of the world will come to pass. I thank you, Father God. And family, I thank you guys for continuing to wake with me this morning, each morning, and or whether it's in the afternoon or your quiet time, or perhaps even at night, giving me a space in your quiet time, in your personal space with the Lord, our God. Thank you, family. And those of you who came out last night, OMG, I had two teachers with me, an engineer, a police officer, the Holy Spirit. Thank you guys, truly, knowing that the invitations were sent out late. That was my part, my fault, and you guys did what you had to do to show support. Truly, truly appreciate it. Bless the Lord. We're continuing in 1 Samuel chapter 8, and the Lord has allowed us to entitle this particular episode, Conformed. It will go through a little bit of recap as we read, and God, Holy Spirit, will guide us. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judge over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them from out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them 
and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots, and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. In that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be, li may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us, and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, Go, every man to his city. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. Conformed. The demand for a king. You know, the, the Israelite elders, the local representatives of the clans and tribes of Israel, they had a genuine reason for their anxiety. They saw that Samuel was growing old and there was no obvious successor to continue the struggle against the Philistines. History was repeating itself. The sins of Eli's sons had brought about one major change in Israel, if you remember in the beginning. And now the sins of Samuel's sons were the first step in an even greater change. In both cases, the sins were well known to the public and the public had a right to protest. One important difference, however, is that Samuel's sons were not under his direct supervision for Bathsheba lay far away to the south and neither God nor man could blame him for their wickedness or their activities. There is dramatic irony in all of this. With both Eli and now Samuel, it was obvious to everybody that great and good men can have evil, worthless sons. And yet the elders responded by demanding a king. By definition, a king is a ruler whose son automatically becomes king after him. This biblical author thus demonstrates that the elders' arguments were insincere. It is not only until verse 20 that their real reason is expressed. It says, and I quote, But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, No, 
but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us, and go out before us, and fight our battles. Undoubtedly the elders' demand was a rejection of Samuel, and, and naturally he was displeased, even though they left the choice of a king in his hands. God's words in verse 7 do not deny that Samuel was rejected, but they stress that he was not the only person being rejected. Behind the elders' rejection of Samuel lay the fact that they were also rejecting God's authority, for it was he who had sent Israel one able leader after another, including Samuel. As verse 8 reminds us, there was nothing new in the Israelites rejecting Yahweh for other gods, but the elders' demand went a step further, rejecting his political arrangements for his own people. The description of God as king of Israel is very frequent throughout the Bible language, found as early as Exodus chapter 15 verse 18 where it says, the Lord will reign forever and ever. We easily interpreted this as a straightforward metaphor or a convenient human picture. I'm supposing that the Israelites probably did the same and so failed to see what was meant and implied. If God was truly king, then he made the political decisions for Israel. He made the laws and the constitution. He decided on wars and alliances and did everything else that a human king might do in other countries. Of course, we know God used his messengers to announce his decisions and decrees and the prophets in particular filled that role. Unless a human king of Israel was absolutely obedient to Yahweh's decisions, then he would certainly in some ways be displacing God. So the elders' demand amounted to nothing but treason. They all rejected and tried to dethrone their government. Their government is Yahweh. They want another king. They want to be like the other nations. They didn't want to be wholly set apart. They want to conform and be like the world around them. The Apostle Paul, as we read in Romans, was oh so familiar with this divisive stronghold when he said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Father God, my Lord, my God, in, in my heart I feel a strong and deep connection with you. You reveal yourself to us, your children, in so many different ways because you want us to know you intimately. Every morning as I read from the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Proverbs and the Psalms, I am reminded of your divine presence. You have revealed yourself as, as Abba, Father, as God Almighty, and as I am who I am. Today I recognize you as the King who reigns in my heart forever. My prayer is that I will never denounce you, Father God, and that 
I will always recognize you as the source of my faith and the absolute rule of my conduct. You know me better than anyone else, even better than myself, and it is the Holy Spirit that guides me through life's ups and downs. I am grateful for your Son, Jesus Christ the Messiah, who continually conforms me to his image. My desire is to lean into you, Father God, to worship you in everything I do, to honor you in my thoughts, my words, and my actions. I love you, Father, with all my heart, and I am blessed to praise you. In the mighty and majestic name of your beloved Son, Jesus, I offer my prayer and thanksgiving. Glory, glory, hallelujah. You are worthy to be praised. Family, again, I want to encourage you. Take the time that you need to meditate on the Word of God, to, to lay before Him, bask in His presence, to hear His voice, to recognize who you are in Christ Jesus and let that light that is in you shine in this world of darkness. And those of you, my friends, soon to be family, you may not clearly understand these words that has been spoken on today. And we know as we, if you've been with us and reading and hearing in a couple of days, you know that it's because of sin. Sin has blinded us all at some point in our lives. But God said, if you confess your sins to him, he is faithful, he is just, to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If out of your mouth you call upon the name of Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead to pay the penalty, the price for your sin, you shall be saved. Your eyes shall be opened, your ears shall hear, you shall taste and see that the Lord our God, he is good, and he is worthy to be praised. And family, as we said on the beginning, this journey was not made to be walked alone. It was made to be shared with and in community. Thank God for community. We want to walk with you. We love you. Indeed, we do. Grace and peace be upon you. And we look forward to being with you here again on tomorrow. And in the meantime, family, be a blessing to those around you. Glory. Hallelujah.